Our text this morning is Luke chapter 12. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And these are your words, Heavenly Father, sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. And dear fellow redeemed in Christ, when the world measures the success of your education here at Bethany Lutheran College, what do you think will be the primary assessment? Well, it will be an attempt to measure your success using those things measurable by the world. And how is success primarily measured in the world? Well, more often than not, it will be by your financial success or lack thereof. Financial success is good. The parable Jesus speaks here does not teach that this certain rich man was foolish or evil due to being rich. We just are given the statement, the rich man had ground that yielded plentifully. He was blessed with land that had a great harvest, and such harvests do not simply appear during harvest time. Now they're the result of work, of much work being done in the previous months, choosing the seed, preparing the ground, getting the seed in the ground in a timely manner. All of these go toward getting a good yield. The rich man undoubtedly put in time and effort, the sweat equity to get the crop that he did. And all is fine, we could say, up to this point. But now Jesus introduces us to the thoughts of this rich man, thoughts which reveal to us the problem and the point that Jesus desires us to take from this parable. The rich man decides to store his bountiful harvest of crops, and even that is not really so bad, right? What's the problem then, though? Well, now that he had plenty stored for the future, he concludes, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. The rich man is content with the fact that as far as he is concerned, his future is now secure. He has no worries because the barns he built are full. We might say, his retirement account is large and safe. His investments have paid off. He has followed the right strategies to produce a comfortable retirement, and now he doesn't have to worry about anything else. And what does this rich man hear from God? Well, first of all, that word, fool. This night your soul will be required of you. Then though, whose things will those be by which uh, or then whose will those things be which you have provided? 
From God's perspective, the rich man has missed something. And what is that? Well, he's missed God. Or he's missed the one true God. The rich man does have a God. His God is his wealth, his own achievements that result in his ability, he thinks, now to live at ease for years. That's what brings him security now and comfort. That's why he looks to the future with confidence. Yet the rich man is very wrong. In the large catechism, Martin Luther explains the first commandment, we shall have no other gods, by saying, you know, a god is that to which we look for all good and in which we find refuge in time of need. To have a god is nothing else than to trust and believe him with your whole heart. That to which your heart clings and entrusts itself is really your god. What this means is that everyone has a god or gods. Atheists have a god. Their God is just defined differently. But they do have things to which they turn for their identity, their security, their meaning, and their God. The rich man has a God. It is his wealth, a treasure that allows him, as far as he knows, to look to the future with confidence. The question is, what, was, what will his wealth do for him as he lies on his deathbed? What will his stored up crops in his new barns and his plans for his future security do when he has no future? You are all working toward a future at this point. Some of you are at the time of retirement. A lot more of you are planning for a future career that will provide for you and maybe for a family should God bless you with a spouse and children. Where is your God in all of this? If your God is your wealth or your desire to gain wealth, then your God will fail. Wealth as measured with dollar signs by the world does not travel well beyond the grave. But we who are, si who are so tied to the here and now are easily blinded to the reality of a future that isn't going to include us. In other words, the grave is so often not part of our plans. Whether or not the grave is part of our plans, it is there regardless of our plans. Jesus desires that you know and put your trust in him, the God of your salvation. That's why he puts the rich man before us here in this parable. The verse directly preceding our text is, where Jesus says one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And so where is life in the face of death? Well, of course, Jesus is the one who has defeated death by dying. He wants you to have that treasure of eternal life so that when your soul is required of you, when the time for accountability before God comes, you can point to Jesus the Son of God, his life, his death, his resurrection, and say, there is my life, there is my way through death, there is my resurrection, there is my treasure. That is what is made your own through faith in this Jesus. That is the way you get through the grave that lies in your future. Not your strength or your sincerity or your wealth, only Jesus. 
By faith in Jesus as the one who forgives you, you have identity. You are his son. You are his daughter, adopted, children of God. By faith in Jesus, who is the truth, you have meaning. By faith in Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life, you have security, a security not tied to a stock market or a paycheck or a savings account, but to the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As you move through the days, weeks, and years of your lives, God bless you with the knowledge of the future that goes beyond this life, to the eternal life with the God who saves, the God who forgives. And then when the time comes for your soul to be required of you, you will not point to the things of the world or what you've done, but to the cross of Christ, the work of Jesus for you, and the fact that he has made you his child through the word of grace and mercy which he has spoken to you in Jesus' name. Henceforth, thou alone, my Savior, shalt be all in all to me. Search my heart and my behavior. Cast out all hypocrisy. Restrain me from wandering in pathways unholy. And throughout life's pilgrimage, keep my heart lowly. I'll value but lightly earth's treasure and store. Thou art the one needful and mine evermore. Amen. You may rise and let us join in our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.